Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. It's been one whole week since I have been in my apartment, basically. I work out of my apartment, and this is where I am chatting with you guys right now on a weekly basis, but for the last week... Uh, we've had a mold issue in our apartment. So everything's been so crazy because I had to like redo everything in our apartment, like clean all the mold and tear out the walls. And so, and then during the day I was at my sister's house because she just got surgery on her knee. She was in a car accident. Gosh, it was in April now. So quite a while ago, cause I'm recording this in August, middle of August. So she had finally got surgery on her knee. It was something to do with her quad. I'm not even going to try to say the surgery that she had in case I get it wrong, but she's recovering well. And so this whole entire week, I it's been a little bit nuts because Herman, my boyfriend and I, we were staying in an Airbnb. We stayed in a hotel one night. We were kind of just like nomads. And Herman one night was like, I feel like we are running from the cops right now because we're only in one place for so long. And then during the day, I'm, I have to drive an hour to go see my sister. And so today I'm sitting in my apartment. Finally, the mold is gone. The, the walls are still torn apart, but the mold is gone. So it's safe to be here. So I'm finally just, even though it's a mess in here, I'm enjoying just sitting in my own space and sitting here chatting to you guys. I hope that you are having a great week though. And you know what I was thinking? I was just thinking how, you know, there's so many situations that we can find ourselves in, hence this whole mold situation and and feeling like I don't have a home base (laughs) in the last week. And I'm a super homebody, so it's something that I need in order to recharge. I really just need time to sit in my own space, be alone. And I I don't know if you're like that too, or if you're more get more energy when you're chatting with people and maybe you're more extroverted. But I was thinking just how it doesn't matter how crappy the situation is, there's always some sort of lesson that we can take away and something that we can learn from it. And it can be hard sometimes to try to, you know, make things that seem negative more positive, but it really does make all the difference when you can at least try. And I'm always just thinking, okay, like it could always be worse, but I know that nothing's smooth sailing all the time. And I know it was a little bit stressful for Herman too, just not having proper space. And then you guys should literally see our apartment right now because it was way worse before, but it's like our, all of our closets from the bedroom, just everything is in the living room space, just in one clump in the middle. And all of our clothes from the closet are in like garbage bags and it's a mess. And I don't know if you're like this, but when I'm in a messy space, I literally can't think can't sleep if my bedroom's messy. I need 
the space around me to be clear. This might sound kind of crazy to you or maybe you, you're the same, but I need my space around me to be clear. It kind of just clears my mind and if it's cluttered and messy, I can't think and I get like overwhelmed and <laughs> such a weird thing. But I think Herman's a little bit like that too because he's, and this is one thing that I love about him, one of the many things, but he is a, a minimalist, so he doesn't like having a lot of clutter and a lot of shit, and he's so good. Like, I thought that I was pretty good at getting rid of things and not, like, staying attached to certain things, but he is on another level. Like, it's so easy for him to be like, oh, I haven't used this in, like, a week. I'm just going to throw it away. <laughs> Maybe not like that, but anything he hasn't used or, you know, he, he's just so unattached, and... I feel like he has taught me so much when it comes to like he just reminds me like are you really gonna use that or I'll hold up a shirt because that I haven't worn like I have this one shirt when I was cleaning out the closet and it's leopard print and I've literally never worn it my mom got it for me and I used to be into leopard print and I think I still have a couple things that are but I've never worn this shirt before and it's not like I don't like it of course I like it but I just have never had an opportunity to wear it and so I pull it out of my closet and I immediately start thinking, oh, maybe this would look good with like a big thick gold necklace and like pleather leggings and maybe I'll wear it eventually. Maybe. And I'm like picturing all of these things that would look good with this shirt that I've never worn. And I hold it up to Herman. I'm like, um, like, should I keep this? And he's like, no, get it, get rid of it. <laughs> like he's so get rid of that. You don't, you don't need it. And so I, I feel grateful because it's just really been refreshing to let go of things and then have someone that is kind of giving you that little push, like, no, you can get rid of that. Like, you know, don't hold on to material things. So that has been one thing that has, has kind of like blossomed out of this whole situation of like clearing out the house and having all of our shit just in the living room. And after we did put it all in the living room, because I, I got rid of two garbage bags and I'm like, wow, I need to get rid of more stuff. Just having it all cluttered here. I'm like, I, I really don't need probably half of the stuff that I am hanging on to. The other thing that I've taken away from this whole situation that has been actually really eye-opening and meaningful to me. And I think that you might be able to take this away and apply it to an area in your life. I know that you are probably and hopefully not going through a mold situation and having your place uh, remediated. But one thing, and, and it comes from like more of a relationship standpoint, but I, I really truly, you know, there's so much that you can learn when you are on your own, when you're single. And there's also so much that you learn and so much growth that happens when you are in a relationship. And I feel like a lot of my growth has come from being in relationships because there's, it's almost, there's certain situations that are almost like a mirror where you can really see areas that you need to work on personally. And this whole situation with our apartment really brought up some of these areas. And I have a tendency to like lash out when I feel like people are coming at me or telling me what to do or treating me a certain way instead of just nipping it in the butt and communicating and saying like, Hey, like, this is how I feel. Please don't talk to me this way. I literally, I, it's like, I don't even think, and I just freak out. 
And so this is an area that I've really had to work work hard on. And it's something my mom struggles with it. So she's always like, I'm sorry that you got that from me, but it's, it's, you know, something that I've had to work on. And it's a really good thing, I think, just to focus on these areas that we need to work on in our own personal lives. But that's one thing. And Herman reminds me all the time too. And I feel super bad, but now it's to the point where I know immediately when I'm doing it. So I, I can at least apologize where in the past when I was younger, I had a hard time even being the bigger person and being like, wow, I'm so sorry that I hurt your feelings or that I said that, or I treated you that way or whatever, even though something that they said triggered it, (laughs) it's like, it's all on me because we can't, we have to take responsibility for our own feelings, right? We can't put that on someone else. And if they said something that triggered us, that's still like how we are reacting. We're still responsible. So I, I really do. I'm so reactive and I'm, that's something I'm working on. But I noticed Herman in these situations too, when he's under stress, like any sort of outside stress, um, he, he has, it's like, he doesn't really communicate enough, I think. And so he'll say something out of his own frustration and his own stress because he's stressed. So it's making him frustrated and he just, it like kind of comes out like a different way instead of explaining, like, I feel like I have to be a child. Like, whereas if you tell me, Hey, like, why did you do this or whatever? It's like, or Hey, do this. It's like, tell me why you want me to do it like this. Otherwise I'm just going to do it my way. (laughs) You know, like I really need someone to explain to me the why. And so under so much stress and pressure, I felt like Herman was saying certain things. I'm trying to think of an example, but there was just like so many little things. And you know, when you're like, under a lot of stress, it's natural, right? For, to just like say things or just be a certain way. And so Herman was totally stressed and letting his frustrations get in the way. And then it made me lash out because I wasn't handling the way he was acting towards me very well. And so it was really shitty. I mean, relationships aren't perfect all the time and there's, there's, they are a lot of work, you know, relationships are hard work, whatever kind of fits your boyfriend, your husband, a friend, even family members, relationships do take a lot of hard work and communication. And one thing that I took away from it was just like this whole situation has really been a mirror for us to, for each other, like to work, work on our own stuff, because, you know, obviously I need to work on how reactive I am and Herman might need to work on managing his stress or frustration or whatever around that. And so how we are acting is just a mirror to the other person to like remind each other, like, Hey, this is something that you need to work on or that I need to work on. And so it's kind of cool when you can look at it that way. And my mom even, cause I was telling her, I'm like, Oh, I feel so bad. It was like a morning when I was leaving and I said something and I was like, oh, like we, we just are like on edge right now. And she's, she reminded me like, you guys are a perfect mirror for each other to just like work on these areas that you need to focus on in your own personal lives. And so at the end of the day, I'm super, I just have so much gratitude for this situation because it has brought up a lot of growth and a lot of things that we can work on. And now it's almost done. Even though the walls are still torn up, like we're almost there. We almost have our space back. So that's good. Long story short, if there is 
any situation that you feel is a little bit negative or maybe there's something about someone that's bothering you or like how they're talking to you or just a certain aspect of the relationship that could be better in your eyes. I think one of the most important things that you can do is just look and see where this is coming from and then how how your actions could make it better and what sort of mirror is it to you to like what would you need to work on in order to achieve the results that you want from that other person if that makes sense you know because we are all mirrors for each other and for the areas that we need to focus on in our own personal lives and where we need to grow individually relationships no matter what kind they are they're not smooth sailing every step of the way and they do take hard work and a lot of communication so last night Herman and I agreed like we do need to communicate a little bit more just to avoid these certain situations you know and just just be extra communicative especially under times of stress or any sort of like anything that's going on really communication will just help all relationships so much And so let's let that be the takeaway today is just communicate more and instead of just putting blame on the other person, just take it as a mirror and look and see like what area we need to work on or what areas we can work on in order to just become better and make the situation better all in all. So today we are going to talk about five things that I wish I knew at the beginning of my fitness journey. And no matter if your fitness goals are to lose weight or build muscle or maintain weight or whatever it is, these things that I wish I knew are going to be beneficial for you. So I'm super excited to dive into this episode, but before we do... There is a couple things that I wanted to let you guys know about. So number one is that, and I know this is redundant because I've said it so many times, but my Fat Loss for Type 1s course is launching super soon. September 4th is the official date that the doors for enrollment will be open. And I know last week was the very last time I said you guys would hear me talk about winning the Fat Loss program, but we've decided to keep the opportunity open for a few more days and so you still have the opportunity to enter to win the complete fat loss for type ones program and the winner will be announced on september 4th on the on the very morning of september 4th and if you want to win the entire program for free, you can do so. Just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash win and all of the details will be there for the program. And If you're not familiar with the program, if you're brand new here, hello, welcome. The Fat Loss for Type 1s program is all about teaching you the steps to lose fat in a sustainable way that supports your blood sugar. So you'll learn how much food your body needs to lose weight and how to calculate your macros and your calories for fat loss and what exercises to do and how to keep your blood sugar stable around your workouts and what foods are best to eat in order to lose fat and stabilize your blood sugars and then how to adjust your macros and calories so that you can keep losing weight without hitting a plateau, which is going to be key to your overall fat loss success. So I will link to that in the show notes but again to win the program for free just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash win the second thing that i wanted to share with you and this is brand new so if you're multitasking listen up um i have started a 
Facebook group. It's called More Than Just a Type. And I am not on Facebook that often. So this group is really one of the only reasons why I go on Facebook other than my private Facebook groups that I support students in, students from my Fat Loss for Type 1s course. Um, and yeah, all of my students are in Facebook groups that I am in regularly doing Facebook Lives. But this community, the More Than Just a Type podcast is for all of you amazing listeners and anyone who just wants to be inspired and share things and inspire others and anything that has to do with becoming the best version of yourself. So this group is for all of you. And I know a lot of Facebook groups say, you know, don't promote your stuff or whatever, but I really want this group to be a place where we can share with each other and inspire. So as long as it's for the good of others, please share what you're up to and anything that might help any anyone else, you know, like whatever it is, feel free to share it as long as you're not spamming the group. We'd love to hear what you're up to and we just love to support you and help you along whatever journey it is you are, you're on. So career, fitness, blood sugar, like anything, let us know, like, what are you doing? who are you? Let's collaborate. Let's, let's hang out. Let's chat. Let's support. Let's just be the best versions of ourselves and lift each other up. So you can join the group. It's free. Just go to more than just a type on Facebook. And there's a few questions that you'll have to answer to get into the group. But once you do that, you will be in and a part of the community. So that is the other new piece of news that I have to share with you. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the episode. So the first thing that I wish I knew back in the day, just when I feel like when I think back about my fitness journey, it's been such a long road of struggle that I can't really pinpoint, you know, an exact time frame of when these things would have been most helpful. But as far back as I can remember, I, I really dreaded weighing myself because the number that I saw on the scale always just made me feel shitty. And this goes back to when I was even in high school, like I was always so self-conscious about my weight. And I think a lot of it had to do with outside influences and people telling me that I was overweight and that I would never be skinny because I had type one diabetes and just all of these things. And I remember like grabbing my fat and just wishing that I could like cut it off with a pair of scissors or try to like tape it to like be skinny so that I would have like a slim waist and just I was just so ugh, like I just I hated the fact that I couldn't lose the weight and I hated the fact that I I felt like maybe I would never be able to be slim because I had type 1 diabetes and it was frustrating. So as far back as I can remember, the scale was always something that I dreaded. And I even remember going to see the endocrinologist and just dreading to get on the scale. I would even avoid eating because like that morning because I didn't want to go and, and just like way more on the scale. Like I, I just felt so crappy about it. So this is the number one thing that I really wish that I knew. And None of these things are going to be in order per se, but the very first thing on the list is just not determining your overall progress on the number that you see on the scale. So this could go for even if you're not trying to lose weight, if you're trying to build muscle, whatever it is, just don't determine your overall fitness goals on the number that you see on the scale. And I'll tell you why. So first, 
the time of day that you weigh yourself is really, really going to matter. So you really want to make sure that you are obviously weighing yourself first thing in the morning. That's when your weight is going to be the most accurate. And this means that when you do go see the doctor or anytime that you weigh yourself in the middle of the afternoon or in the evening, that number means shit because there's so much that can happen during 24 hours or just during the day in general, like the amount of water that you're drinking, how hydrated you are, the foods that you're eating, all of these things, like have you gone to the bathroom? Like all of these things are going to matter and they will affect your weigh-ins and whatever you ate the day before, if you had a huge high carb meal and, or you ate way more calories than you normally do, or you ate a lot of sodium, like there's so many things that can affect your weigh-ins. And this is something that we really cover inside of the fat loss for type ones course that I have just to, you know, make you aware of all of the things that can affect your weigh-ins because it's, it's just not enough to, it, it doesn't mean anything when you're weighing yourself at odd times and then basing that number to how fit you are, you know? No, it doesn't really make sense to do that. And this is something that I didn't know. I mean, there's no way that I would know because you're not taught from anyone, not even doctors, that the the time of the day that you weigh yourself matters and all of these things. And so when you do weigh yourself at the doctor's office, like if it's in the in the middle of the afternoon, it's not going to be accurate because you've probably already eaten a few meals, you probably already hydrated. All of these things are going to make you weigh more. So don't worry. And then if you're a woman, like your cycle is going to affect your weigh-ins and it's, and the other thing, well, I'll tell you a story. So my mom was visiting, this was a few years ago. She came and for Thanksgiving, we made this huge Thanksgiving dinner and then we devoured these delicious cookies and ice cream and we ate all of this food and then she weighs herself like in the evening before bed and she's like oh my god I, I gained a pound or whatever but if you've ever been in that situation and I can tell you I have many times before but that number is not going to be accurate either because it takes weeks and months of eating in a calorie surplus to actually gain body fat. And so that's something that I didn't know for the longest time, because even if I was down a pound one day, and then the next day I stepped on the scale and I weighed a couple pounds more, I immediately thought it was body fat. But that is not accurate, because it takes a lot of time to actually start gaining body fat. So this is why in my fat loss course, you learn how to how to measure your progress on like your weekly averages instead of just a daily number. So it's really important to get those averages so that you can really look and see whether or not you're gaining weight or losing weight or, you know, whatever your goals are. It just kind of is a great tool to measure your progress, but your overall progress should not be determined by the number that you see on the scale ever. Because again, there's a number of things that will affect your weigh-ins on a daily basis. And it's normal to weigh even up to like five or 10 pounds heavier, depending on like a number of things. It's normal to weigh more. So don't worry. Don't base your progress on the number that you see on the scale. So the second thing that I wish I knew back in the day is how you apply your training matters. So there's a few different things we want to talk about here. And number one is that it's not enough to just lift weights alone and do a little bit of cardio. You really need to have a plan every single time you set foot in the gym or whether you're working out from home, whatever your workout looks like, you really need to make sure that you have a plan and a consistent plan. And you want to make sure that you are progressively growing stronger. 
and cardio alone is not going to make you look how you want. And that's when progressive strength training really comes in because that's what's going to help you look lean and toned. And I can't even tell you, like for years and years, I always... I did so much cardio because I, I would like, I would lift weights once in a while and I would use the machines at the gym, but oftentimes I would do mostly cardio. I would walk on the treadmill. I would burn a ton of calories. Cause I'd be like, yay. Like I just burned 700 calories on the treadmill and I feel great, you know, or I would lift a few weights and do the machines, but then I would just finish up my workout doing like 30 minutes of cardio. And it was a good workout. Like I was sweaty and I felt good, but I never saw any results. And I, it got to the point where like, after a while, I was like, wow, is something wrong with me because I just can't like my body composition is just not changing and the issue is if you are in this position too it's because you're likely not facilitating the change needed in order to make your body change and that's where progressive overload comes in so whatever you're doing it's super important that you are progressively getting stronger and that you are not just sticking to cardio because cardio alone is probably just going to, it might make you lose a bit of weight, but it might be more of a skinny fat look and lifting weights and doing progressive overload that is going to help you look lean and toned. And that's actually going to make you probably look how you want. Other thing that I thought for the longest time is that I had to do crunches in order to have abs because I was like, I want to have abs. So I would hit the, you know, do all the ab machines at the gym. And then after I did cardio, I would finish up with abs. And it was like abs, abs, abs all the time. Now I don't do any abs. Well, it's very rare that I do. I haven't done ab exercises for a while, but that is another myth that you'll want to know or that I wish that I knew back in the day, because when it does come to how you're, when it does come to how you're applying your training, ab exercises aren't going to make you have abs. What's going to make you have abs is lowering your overall body fat percentage. And that's going to be done through nutrition and training. So eating a calorie deficit, but then making sure that you are strength training and progressive overload strength training is going to help you. That's what's going to help you achieve that overall look that you're going for. And it's also going to help your blood sugars because you are going to be a lot more insulin sensitive. And the more muscle you have, the the more not only the more insulin sensitive you'll become, but the more calories you'll be able to burn at rest. And lifting weights alone isn't going to help you build muscle. What's going to help you build muscle is implementing that progressive overload so that you can make sure that you are getting stronger and that's done through increasing volume. So really just make sure that you're increasing volume every single time you do that exercise or that workout or whatever it is that you're doing. The third thing that I wish I knew back in the day, which is recovery is just as important as the time that you spend in the gym. So just as important as the time that you spend exercising, you really need to make sure that you are spending enough time getting proper recovery. And you guys, I went through a period that, and maybe you can relate to this, maybe you can't, but I was so focused on losing weight and looking good that I, I I started obsessing over calories and anything I ate, I would immediately go and try to burn those calories. So I would eat something 
I would go over my calories one day. And this is back in the day when I, I first started getting familiar with my fitness pal. And I wasn't counting macros because I didn't really know a lot about macros back then, but I did know about calories. So I had my calories set pretty low and I was, I would like eat over 1200 calories and I'd be like, oh shit, I better like burn that off so I don't gain fat. So then I'd go for a run. And this, this was like this for months, maybe even a year. And it became this really bad habit to the point where I really, I I injured my, um, I don't even know what muscle that is, but I injured my legs pretty bad. Um, just from overuse, like I wouldn't take a break. And I was like, had this obsession with burning these calories. So my legs got pretty messed up and I couldn't run very well for a while. And so this was also around the time that I started getting into like nutrition and strength training and all of these things I started learning. And so I started implementing proper recovery and it was hard to do at first because I, I was just, I I had the mindset that like, I had to do more in order to look how I wanted and taking a day off from the gym or, you know, not going for a run or not burning calories seemed really counterintuitive to me. And hey, you might think this is crazy, but this is honestly how I was. And so it took a a while to get into the habit of just allowing my body to properly rest. But I will tell you that this is something I wish I had known way sooner because guys, a lot of your gains are going to come from a recovery. Like believe it or not, your muscle is going to build when you are resting, and so it's really important that you are taking enough time to get proper recovery, not only for your your overall fitness gains, like how you want to look, but also just to prevent injury. And as type one diabetics, we are more prone to injury because, you know, we have, we have a tendency to get those glycated end products, which I talked about in a previous episode. I think it was the um, managing blood sugars with exercise, but it's just important that we are allowing proper recovery that we're stretching, do some yoga, just really, you know, maybe go for a 10 minute walk if your body allows just to keep your blood sugars more stable, but just really take off days and make sure that you're implementing those days because that's really going to help your overall, your overall body composition. And it's going to help you achieve your fitness goals so much. And I, it might sound counterintuitive to you like it did for me, but it's really going to help you achieve your fitness goals on such a larger scale because when you are allowing for proper recovery, you are limit eliminating the amount of stress that's applied on your body. And so if you're super sore every day and you're pushing it and you know, you think like, yeah, this is great. Like I feel good. I'm sore, but you don't allow your body to rest, then you're actually going to be limiting your overall success in building muscle in the future and getting stronger and surpassing your goals. You really, really need to give your body a little bit of time in between each workout to get a proper recovery. So the fourth thing that I wish I knew is that I don't need to eliminate foods to lose weight. So this is something that is super important because not only does eliminating food cause cravings and binge eating and just it it just sucks like if you're trying to stick to eating a low carb diet or you try to eliminate say like bread and pasta out of your diet or just like things that you think are bad if you eliminate those things completely then 
not only are you going to like if someone's eating them you're going to be like oh my god like I'm gonna just eat that entire thing because it's just one day and then I'll get back on track tomorrow because you haven't eaten it in so long and you're like okay like I'm just gonna do it um it it can cause things like that because that's what happened to me or it can even cause just it can get in the way of living your life. Like I, I don't think that your diet should dominate how you live. You should still be able to go out and eat a slice of pizza with your friends or enjoy some ice cream or whatever it is. You should still be able to do all of those things and still be able to achieve your goals. And I didn't know that. I thought that in order to achieve my fitness goals, I had to eat eat a certain way. And I thought that if I wasn't struggling, if I if my diet wasn't hard and I wasn't you know, trying, if it, if it wasn't tough for me, then I wasn't doing it right. Like I thought it had to be hard in order to get me results because, and I, I think I associated that just with my past and people always saying like, oh, well, if you want to lose weight, you can't eat bread or you have to eliminate your carbs or all of these things. So I just kind of associated those things as things that I had to give up in order to achieve my goals. So that I wish I knew. So you don't need to give up anything in order to achieve your goals because it really does not matter the types of foods that you're eating overall. What matters is the amount of calories that you're consuming. And obviously certain foods are going to benefit your performance and you know you want to make sure you're getting all those micronutrients and things. But all in all, when it comes to your overall goals, like if you're eating in a calorie surplus, then you are going to be gaining fat and you're going to be able to build muscle better. If you're maybe if you're eating at maintenance, you're going to be able to build muscle a lot better. If you are eating in a calorie deficit, you'll be able to lose fat and it really doesn't have anything to do with the food itself. It all comes down to calories and energy balance. So that is another thing that I really wish I knew because it would have saved me a lot of headaches and cravings and heartache overall. A lot of tears and sanity that would have saved me. So the fifth thing that I wish I knew at the beginning of my fitness journey is that calories matter, but eating too low is not going to help you overall. It's not going to help you achieve your goals. Even if your goal is to lose weight, you really don't want to start a fat loss phase eating too little calories right off the bat because at some point your 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 fat loss is just going to plateau because your body adapts to the amount of food that you are consuming and the amount of calories that you are burning doing exercise and when your body adapts you're if you're eating too little food right off the bat there's you're not going to have a lot of wiggle room to adjust those calories in order to keep achieving your goals and it's not like you can eat less food so at at some point you're just kind of going to hit a wall and that's what happened to me and so I really wish that I knew right off the bat that, you know, slow progress is better and it's important to set your calories in a deficit and set them on the higher end of your deficit so that you have more room to lose fat over a longer period of time. And that is going to help build the foundation for successful fat loss because it's really important that you keep your metabolism as strong as possible throughout your fat loss phase and your body is not meant to be in a calorie deficit forever. So if you're starting your fat loss phase, you know, eating very little food, it is going to just limit your overall success in the future. So just keep that in mind when you are initially setting your calories. And even though, you know, you might, if your goal is to lose fat, you might want to jump in and consume 
the minimum amount of food possible just so you, that you can lose that weight fast. But that is going to limit you over time. And I'm, I'm telling you that from experience. So please take my advice and set your calories in a deficit. You're not going to gain fat, but set them on the higher end so that you just have more success in the future and your body will, will thank you. I promise you'll be able to burn fat more efficiently over a longer period of time. All right. I hope that those five things I wish I knew at the beginning of my fitness journey, I hope that they are helpful to you. And I hope that you are able to at least take one of them and you'll be able to run with it because I, I really, all of them are, are things that are going to be crucial to your overall success and your mindset and just your overall fitness goals in general. So I hope that there was one thing that you didn't know before that is, has helped you and is going to help you along your fitness journey. And let's just quickly run through them one more time. Let's just quickly recap. So the number one thing is don't determine, don't base your progress on the scale alone. So don't determine your overall success, whatever your fitness goals are. Don't determine your your fitness goals on the on the number that you see on the scale. And the second thing is how you apply your training matters. So make sure that you are keeping that in mind when putting together your, your routine and strength training is going to help you and progressive overload is going to be key to your overall success. And the third thing is that recovery is gonna be super important. So make sure that you are allowing for enough recovery. And the fourth thing is not to eliminate any foods from your diet and just be mindful of calories instead. And the fifth thing is that calories do matter and that's what's going to determine your overall success with your fitness goals, but just really make sure that you are more conservative with your calories. And if your goal is fat loss, don't eat too little calories right off the bat. Like whatever you set your calories at initially, they're not going to stay there because your body is as it adapts, like it will adapt. And so you will be needing to adjust your calories over time. And this is something that I teach inside of my fat loss course. Um, but just a reminder, don't set your calories too low. Don't try to stick to eating 1200 calories a day if you weigh 125 pounds like I did. <laughs> so just be really cautious of that and that will allow for success in the future. So if you want to hear more about my fat loss course, I have linked to that in the show notes, but you can go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash win again. And I hope to see you inside the Facebook group. It's more than just a type on Facebook. And if you liked this episode and you feel called to do so, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a review. Let me know what your takeaway is from this episode and what you love about this podcast. All right. I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you same time next week.